Well, we have some bittersweet news on the podcast today. We're going to try to keep it positive, but our hearts are broken. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Bridget is going to be leaving career services for a really cool new opportunity with Komal ISD. And so today is kind of her last recording episode, and we're going to learn a lot about the new job and what that finding new job process was like for her. And yeah, so I guess, Bridget, do you want to maybe start off by telling us a little bit about what your new job is? Sure. So I'm leaving and <laughs> and um, I'm going to be a district onboarding specialist with Comel ISD, which is in New Braunfels, which is where I live. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. So lots of the things that I do in career services besides this fun podcast is... Um, assist with onboarding student employees in our office. And I've been doing that since I started in career services. Um, Again, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know I was in ministry before this. And so I had no idea that I could do sort of HR type stuff. Um, But it turns out I was actually doing a lot of that in my former career. And um, when I came here, I found out that I really like doing that. Um, And so for onboarding with here in career services, it was collecting, hiring documents and stuff like that. But my favorite part was meeting individually with students to collect those documents and then briefly go over our culture and introduce them around the office. And those sort of things give me a lot of joy. I really like sort of meeting new people and learning about them. And so I now get to do that full time. And that seems sort of mind-blowing and exciting. And the trajectory of my career is sort of mystical and dreamy at this point because I'm just still so shocked that that's the future for me. So it's very exciting. It's cool. Well, it makes sense that it's a, a fun job. You know, it's kind of your, their first experience with a new company, a new job, whatever. And so it's a, it's your opportunity to make it a really good first experience. And that's just a fun, fun place to be in for sure. Yeah. Well, okay, so that's what you're going to be doing. Can you tell us a little bit about how, like, what you were looking for in your next job, if yeah. that makes sense? Yeah, so <clears throat> I, uh, when I decided to leave ministry for the first time, I became a, a grown-up, I feel like, <laughs> which I was a grown-up then too, but there were just so many, there were so many things that I thought a lot about, like work-life balance was a big deal to me. In my former job, I would work. 50, 60, 70 hours in a week, and that was so much. And I didn't get weekends, and that sucked. You know, so there's, like, a lot of those things that made me start thinking, what do I want my next job? And then retirement, which sounds so sort of old lady of me, but um, I've seen, like, my parents, and I've seen my grandparents, and their various struggles with retirement. And so I I knew that retirement was going to be a big thing for me, and that's something I wanted even if that's a long ways away. Um, And so when I decided to come to Texas State, what appealed to me was that it was a a five-day work week, eight to five generally, maybe occasional weekends or whatever, but just not like it was, the grind. And then retirement at Texas State is really good. So I, that was pretty much all I considered. And I lucked out and got to Texas State after nine months of trying. So, um, (laughs) so, so that was round one. Round two, became what do I 
I know I'm not going to go back into my former career. I, you know, I like so many things that I'm doing right now in my current job, but I kind of want to see what the next step is. And so I sort of in the same ideal, I had sort of a list of things I wanted. Like I want to continue work-life balance because that's important to me. I uh, could use a little more money um, (laughs) because right now I have my current role and a side gig, um, work in that gig economy, fun, fun. Um, (laughs) So I knew that was something that was important. Retirement was still important. But then there were a couple other things. Like I have in so many ways enjoyed the team at Career Services and have found such positive connections with people, um, lots of collaboration, which was, is huge, especially with people who are not exactly like-minded, um, has been really fun to participate in. So I knew I wanted that. Um, but I also knew I wanted to be closer to home. I have a five-year-old who's going to start school soon. And so I, you know, thinking about his schedule and really worried about what the future holds for that if I'm still at, in San Marcos versus New Braunfels and some, some things like that. And so all of those things sort of melded together. And what it ended up having me start doing is looking at jobs that aligned with those things. So school districts near me um, and sort of in the vicinity of me. Um, Even somewhat looking at other jobs at Texas State because I'm already here, that would propel me forward in my career journey. Um, But then looking at a few other universities close to New Braunfels, in New Braunfels, um, and then nonprofits too because I have that background. so, yeah, nice. is that that's a really fun, exciting answer? I know. <laughs> Bridget, can you talk a little bit about making the decision to move on from your current position mm-hmm. and how you come to that decision? Yeah. So honestly, it started sort of a little while back, where I just out of curiosity was looking at other roles that were similar to mine, and that was. Um, sort of like people management. I, I learned in my last role that I really, really like being a manager, which I would have never, ever known about myself until I came here. Um, and then in my current role, I sort of teach other people how to be a manager. And so I'm still like using those skills or learning about those skills. I'm still reading about what it means to be a good manager. And so I, I started looking at roles like that but then as I, and, and just to see like what were the requirements. I was also thinking about, do I, should I get a master's? What should my master's be? And maybe it's HR because I like those things. Um, so I would start looking at jobs to see what, what qualifications they require and what do I still need. And then I sort of in my current job tried to gain some of those skills. Hmm. And at the same time, it started to open me up like as I sort of thought outside of the box of what like what's a different type of job that still uses those skills, it started to open me up to other titles. Like um, like recruiting coordinator was one that I looked at a lot, which is somewhat similar to things I do. Um, and then these sort of people manager positions or like I forget what they're called, but they all almost all have the word people in them, which <laughs> I like people for the most part. So, um, <laughs> so and, and that opened me up to look at the, the school districts. And then I saw this one, onboarding specialist. And I was like, ooh, I do that right now in my current job. 
And when I opened it up, almost item by item by item were all things that I had direct experience with and because I had been building those experiences just over the past couple years too. Um, and I, <laughs> I applied on a whim. I wasn't going to apply. I don't even <laughs> remember if I told them this, but I wasn't going to apply. Um, but it stuck in my mind because all those things on my list were there. And so, you know, the fate is in the cards or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Some sort of saying. Yeah. Well, uh, so I'm curious, Bridget, because you, you kind of had your list of things that are probably somewhat easy to assess. You know, like a lot of places will talk about what their retirement is. I mean, usually you get some of the specifics of the perks later on in the process. But for some of those that you maybe did have and liked in career services, like the collaboration piece, the teamwork mm-hmm. piece, how did you assess that your new employer would hopefully have that mm-hmm. same feel? on some of those things that aren't as easily published, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So honestly, I applied to the job first. And then when I got offered the interview, I started to do some research. And there were so many things that all of a sudden started to line up. Like um, Comel ISD, in just the past year with COVID, have done some really incredible things for their staff. They've made Mm -hmm. some really good decisions when it comes to... um, like um, FMLA benefits that Mm -hmm. have expired in Texas, but they've kept on some of those for their staff, which is, says a lot about their culture. Mm -hmm. Um, I have heard, you know, living in New Braunfels and having done youth ministry where I interacted with middle school and high school students, I already knew that Comel ISD had a a reputation for sort of um, being hardworking, sort of gritty, like, you know, having great perseverance when it came to difficult times. And so I, I knew those things about the culture. And then even looking at Glassdoor, um, which you, you always take Glassdoor with a little grain of salt because <laughs> um, you can leave reviews for your company there. So sometimes if people have had a bad experience, they're going to lay into the company, right? But, and there were a few because there's always going to be a few, but there were so many positive ones too that were like, this is a great working environment. The culture is great. The superintendent is great. Um, and those were really important to me. Then when I got to the interview and I started listening to the questions they asked me and responding and then hearing their responses to my responses, it, it was like a little bit of magic in that <laughs> so many things that I was looking for, they said without me asking or they affirmed when I answered a certain way. Um, and, you know, a big thing for me, again, if you've listened to the podcast, I tend to be abrasive. Um, I also usually state my opinion. <laughs> um, and so I'm always looking for someone who can sort of handle that. Um, and one of the things they said during the interview is that everyone has a voice there. And that was like when I heard those words, I was like, oh, my God. OK, I guess this is probably a dream job. Um, and then once they found it, finally made the final offer, the various things they told me and the benefits and all that were just right in line with what I wanted. Um, so, you know, maybe I found my, my true home, my true, <laughs> what, what is it when they adopt puppies? Your forever home? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, we're (laughs) definitely happy for you, Bridget, of course, but I know Zachary and I are bummed that we won't be able to work with you on the podcast anymore, but um, 
Yeah. Obviously, super happy because it sounds like your dream job. And I am very confident that it will be. So, um, but yeah, huh. I hope so. I hope so. One of the things that we talked about uh, in the production meeting of sorts that we had five minutes before we started recording <laughs> is how you leverage different projects in the interviews to uh, kind of close some of the gaps. Uh, you said one of the projects that you actually used was the podcast, which I'm really interested hey. in. So could you talk <laughs> about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, the podcast has taught me a lot. And in um, yeah, the podcast has taught me a lot about how to, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's how to. I've kind of always done this. I've always been looking for somebody or some someones who I could sort of have like a mutual pushing relationship, right? Where you can push each other to the best product. And I've never found that anywhere else until I came here. And it's so interesting that, you know, we had a former host, Sam, who headed out to a different job. And Zachary, Sam, and I had that relationship. And then Tori came on, and it's the same thing. And I think what a lot of it is is that we uh, have been very open and vulnerable with one another, both professionally and personally, which is, you know, it, it's sort of a, a really neat balance to have. Um, but it taught me how to listen better, how to sort of express my idea, uh, like, somewhat diplomatically. Um, <laughs> But also how to, to disagree without it becoming contentious or hurtful mm -hmm. or whatever. And I don't think that we would have ever, any of us would have ever been hurtful. It's just not our nature. Um, but you could be because, you know, sometimes people suck who you work with. <laughs> it's possible, <laughs> right? Yeah. No um, one sucks that we work with. <laughs> that's right. No one sucks. <laughs> but but that, I mean, I already said that. Career services yeah. has been a great place to work. And and. Student affairs, too, has been a place where I feel like professionals in this world that we get the joy of working in are like that, where you can disagree. It's not personal. You know, you, you can express your opinion and work together to get to the best solution. And so during the interview with the, the onboarding position, they asked me something like, can you tell us a time you've disagreed or, you know, like sort of what's your creative process? And I was like, oh my gosh, I have a great one because I work in this team where we don't always agree, but our disagreements lead us to the better product. And, you know, it's, it's fun to banter with one another and it's sort of fun to push one another. I, I want to say like push each other's buttons, but I don't mean it like that. I mean like to sort of, I don't know, push the line of how to get us to the best thing. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. that's been a real fun, yeah, it's a challenge. Um, and also conceding when you're wrong, you know, that, that's been a big thing too. And so I was able to express those things. That's when they told me about, you know, everyone here has a voice, even if we don't agree with each, with each other. And that is their creative process. So that's exciting to me because this project has been one of the most fun, rewarding projects that I've worked on, I think, ever. Yay. And, and, and those, <laughs> I was going to say those, those cultures, you know, I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of our podcasting. I have been, you know, with, with Sam, I'm especially, uh, you know, not especially I am with Tori as well. Right. Uh, there's no competition there, but, um, <laughs> I, I think yeah, that'll all be edited out. Um, <laughs> no, what I, yeah. yeah what, what I think I was going to say is that it's freeing 
to know that your idea is going to mm. be scrutinized in a positive manner, right? And so it allows you, or at least for me, I'll speak for myself. I feel like I throw things at the wall in our meetings to see if they stick because I know if it's a bad idea, it's going to be, it's not, I'm not going to be ridiculed about it. It's just going to be shot mm -hmm. down and we'll get to a better idea, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of having to kind of stay to myself and like really think about things until I have the finished polished project and then in a very vulnerable way, you know, mm. throw something out there that I've worked on really, really hard that is bad because I've not talked to anyone about it. Mm. So I think this type of creative environment that we that we have is, is really freeing and it's kind of counterintuitive you think about mm. it, right? Because we mm -hmm. shoot each other down all the time, it's actually more <laughs> freeing than if we were mm -hmm. to just silently judge each other's bad <laughs> ideas or my bad ideas. I'll, I'll say mine. Well, I think the other cultural part of that is that in both teams, very equally, we have all, we sort of all pulled our own, pulled our weight in the team. Um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. You're going to Bill Belichick do your job to us? <laughs> <laughs> we do our jobs and we, we stay in our lanes. No, 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 we don't stay in our lanes. That's the yeah, best part. Yeah, we don't at all. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we pull our weight in the ways that we need to, but we don't, there is no... There's no one person in ultimate power and authority, right? We're mm -hmm. co-equal branches yeah. of a successful team. And I, I just think it speaks so much to the current culture that students and younger generations are seeking is that co-equal, mutual teamwork, no matter what your rank or role is. And I think we've done a really good job of that in both teams in the almost the exact same ways, which is phenomenal that so many different people can work together in the same way and produce a really great product. So I think that will stick with me forever. Um, and I think for me, that is the saddest part of leaving this team and career services because I've experienced that for five years. And mm -hmm. I hope that it's not um, like, uh, what am I looking for? I hope it's not a figment of my imagination that this can happen <laughs> other places, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think it is, but, it, I don't you know. Think so. You can, yeah. yeah and, and Bridget, you, you know, you were a big part, if not, you know, the reason that the culture of the podcast team is the way it is. And so mm -hmm. I think that you're going to be able to go out and do whatever you want as long as you are able to kind of create the same culture. I mean, there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with being, mm -hmm. I, I think you said abrasive. I don't think you're abrasive, but having a voice and letting your voice be known. And, and I think that creating this vulnerable, safe environment mm -hmm. in which to cultivate creative ideas, I think that was your doing. And so I think you're going to be all right. <laughs> Thanks. Now, I, are we going to be all right when you leave? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, <laughs> we'll I, I, will, <laughs> I will say to that, to students who are, I don't know, when I was young and idealistic, that was my goal, right? That's always been my goal. It was my goal in ministry, which made me a very strange minister because I really wanted, I wanted students to have a voice even if I was the leader. Um, and I've always tried to make that part of the teams I've worked in. It's just that you don't always find that in the world, right? And so I feel like my idealism has sort of... Uh, had a little bit of a veil put over it because I didn't think I could find that other places. And then I found it here. And so that's been, like you said, freeing. Um, and so I just, I think probably 
a, a small piece of advice that's very philosophical to students is just hold on to your idealism and keep working really hard for the goals that you have that are like that because eventually it will pay off and eventually you will work with people who understand you and support that and want to work in that free environment with you. So, you know, uh, fight the good fight or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if in case you couldn't have guessed, listeners, Bridget was an extremely pivotal, pivotal part in getting the podcast going, started the um, – like ideas behind it. I remember at the lunch table back in the day when we could all eat together, kind of kind of talking about what this podcast could look like. And uh, I know Bridget was real passionate about it, not just being an episode of 20 resume tips <laughs> and things like that, you know, because we know that's not like, while that is stuff that students want to know, that's maybe not what they're going to listen to. It's, it's a, it's a much more interesting way to learn about career um, principles and things like that through other people's personal experiences. And so, uh, yeah, you have Bridget as well as the original team a lot to to thank for that. So, And Tori for helping us keep it going. I mean, you've been such a great addition to the team, and I think the next person, if there is a next person, will be cool too. So, you know. It will be a next person. <laughs> this, is, this is another temporary inconvenience for the listeners. I'll be on mic a little bit more the next few weeks. But this is the Tory show going forward? No, We're no, no, the no, 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 <laughs> no. She sang those no's. So. Yeah, yeah. Serious. A lot, a lot more dinosaur raptor noises. Oh, my God. Just, no. A lot more maybe messed up See, outros. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. You don't want the Tory show. That's when it gets real bad, guys. But okay. <laughs> oh. Well, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. We've yes. gone over time. Editing is going to be really fun. But Bridget, <laughs> I just want to thank you for, one, pushing for me to be on this project. I wasn't on it originally. And the reason I'm on it is because of you. Um, but also just everything you've done for students here, everything you've done for us staff members. Um, I always joke that you are the, uh, the the devil on my shoulder. I have an angel <laughs> on one and the devil on the other. Bridget pushes me to, to, to push the boundaries and not accept things just because they are the way they are. So thank you personally for everything you've done for me and just everything you've done for Texas State. Can I, can I say, don't follow the rules? A Walk Across Texas State is hosted by Bridget Sarbu and Tori Graham. Zachary Webb is our producer and editor. Music by Richard Hall. For free resources and additional information about our services, head over to careerservices.txstate.edu and follow us on social media at txstcareers. Don't forget to like and subscribe to hear new episodes every other Tuesday each semester. Thanks for listening and we will see you soon.